Welcome, everybody, to another installment of our look at Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. Um, I am Brad Jost, and I am joined, as always, with these lookbacks with, uh, well, no, I'm, it's not always. Agent T is usually here. Who are you? Uh, so, I am Tom Jurassic. I'm one of the contributors here on the Jurassic Park podcast. And I believe that Agent <laughs> T has been deployed to a field base in Alaska. Um, so, unfortunately, he's not able to join us today. Absolutely no relation. Ignore the fact that we're both British. That's just a coincidence. Um, but, yeah, I have no idea where Agent T is. Oh, okay. Well, well, we're, we'll ignore that. He might be in Alaska. He might be in Siberia. Who knows? We, he, he's not even sure, I don't think. Um, but we are talking today about episode five. Um, before we get into that, I feel like there's other things to discuss real quick. Uh, it's a great episode, by the way. I can't wait to get into it. But um, I had the chance to go see Godzilla Minus One the other day. Nice. Dude, that oh. movie is incredible. Is incredible. Are they showing it out near in your yes. neck of the woods? Yeah, I'm scribbling down on my paper because so, you just reminded me I need to book a ticket for Monday. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, why have you not seen it then? Uh, because it's absolutely incredible. Um, it, it was just, it was such a great movie. I, I gave it five stars on Letterboxd, so please check out my review on Letterboxd. But, um, it was just such an incredible experience, like watching that movie and yeah. having having uh, not, no spoilers or anything, but like just having it be such like a love letter to Steven Spielberg uh, as yeah. well. It was it just felt like, you know, they're channel, uh, channeling Steven Spielberg in the way that they're shooting Godzilla. Um, and it felt like the the entire intro of the movie really felt like a Jurassic Park like extended universe kind of movie. Um, That's so awesome. And then yeah, there's other references to other Spielberg films and stuff throughout it, and it's just like it's mind blowing. It was so good. Plus, there like the thing that I always love about these movies is there there was a really excellent human element to this story, and uh, like truly emotional, and just the time period, the setting, the people involved. It was just so. So incredible. So I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The Godzilla stuff was scary and epic. And oh, man, it it was just it was fantastic. It it, it yeah. skyrocketed to a, near the top of my list for this past year. 2023. Oh, wow. okay. So, um, yeah, so I keep my top 10 or I actually rank every movie that I've seen this year. Um, some of them are just kind of like, eh, I don't know where to put this. It's going to go here. But like once you get that top 10 then it's like definitive. So th this has yeah. a very definitive spot for me. So I, I, I thought it was excellent. Godzilla minus one is awesome. If you haven't seen it, which I, if you, if you are watching this, you probably haven't had a chance, uh, but definitely go see it. Tom, go see it. Yeah. It's excellent. I will. I will. And I, something else to touch on, obviously, is the fact that between this episode and last episode, uh, we've also had the Godzilla X Kong trailer, which is released. Yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're, we're I, like, bathing in great Godzilla content right now. Like what is happening? This is wild. I, I, it just feels awesome. <laughs> that trailer was a lot of fun, dude. It was, it was fun. What'd yeah. you think? It, it was so cool. Um, I think it's kind of solidified for me, a few of the things that we've discussed in the previous episodes we've done around the hollow earth being quite important going forward. Cause it's clear that this oh, story yeah. is like all about that <laughs> and all about fleshing out on that world, fleshing out on the potential risks that are present in that world. Um, and I think that's going to be really awesome. And I think it's, it's really awesome that actually, 
uh, the human leads from Godzilla versus Kong are coming back in the form of um, is it Jaya and also the monarch agent who's her sort of guardian. They're both coming back, which is awesome to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I I don't know. It it just looked fantastic and fun. Like there's a very distinct yeah. style that they're going for now, which feels it feels very different than what we're getting in this show and what we got back in 2014. Yes. The the evolution of of Godzilla and the monsters and everything, even Kong has completely transformed. And it, you know, I I guess there's a lot of people that like are cool with that. I'm cool with it. But like it, I could see that like if you witnessed what you saw back in 2014, and then whenever was it 2017? I forget when the the yeah. next thing came out. Like it's like you know, it's taken a totally different course. But I love it. I love seeing like Godzilla and Kong just running together, like sprinting in in the uh, Hollow yeah. Earth. Like that is like it was such a cool visual. Pink, uh, pink going down Godzilla's spine. Like that is incredible looking. Such a cool visual. Um, and I don't know, Kong had like some sort of like, you know, hand thing. It was like, it was awesome. Yeah. Every, it just looked so wild and, uh, not grounded at all, but like super, <laughs> super fun, super fun. <laughs> I, I also think, I actually think it's interesting that it's doing things so differently because I think, and we'll get into the conversation, but I feel like this episode is hinting towards why things are so different potentially being explained which is actually really really interesting i think it it's been interesting seeing that trailer and then watching this episode subsequently because it kind of still feels like everything is interconnected which is really awesome mm-hmm. to see yeah i think it's it's such a, a wild world that like you can believe to some extent that they could progress and get to the point where yeah. they are so um, no soft gun cool. in here right brad no, it's all hard, hard. Uh, yeah, it's super hard. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> um, so episode five, everybody, we're talking about this episode. Do these episodes have titles? Like, I actually don't think I've ever looked. Do they have titles? I haven't noticed if they do. <laughs> We've gotten five episodes in yes, and have no, no they clue. Do. They do. They do because the last one was titled um, Parallels and Interiors. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's um, right. That's right. Let me just find the title for this one. So this one is <laughs> The Way Out. Okay. Okay. All right. Which is interesting yeah. because, again, just like with Parallels and Interiors, that title has got dual meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So this one kicks off... Um, at the Monarch command post in Alaska. So there is like a, a legit place out there in Alaska there. They've got them all locked up and contained. Uh, Kate, you know, is yeah. not going to be intimidated. She wants like to get out and uh, Kentaro's freaking out. He is just, he's channeling his inner Godzilla and just like, you know, trying to break down the walls and stuff. Um, and May's okay. We get to finally learn, you know, May's doing all yeah. right. She's, she's warmed up a little bit and, uh, they're they're trying to intimidate May, you know, using the knowledge of her past. Like, hey, you know, these are your passports. It doesn't exactly look like you. Like, is this you? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um. But uh, what's her name? Duval uh, is kind of interrogating her and just kind of like, hey, we could uh help each other out here if you you know if you want. Yeah. To. I could help you. You could help me. Um. So that was cool. And then also Tim is there, and. 
you know, yeah. we're I think we're definitely on this good trajectory with Tim where like he's still defending 100%. these kids. He's like, look, we we need them. Like they they are the son and daughter of of this guy and yeah. we need like he they have to know something. They have to be able to help us. Maybe we should recruit them. Like we should they would be good assets for us. Like yeah. that was pretty cool. Um and and we do get a shot of some somebody else in the cell. Did you catch that moment? Was that Shaw that they saw sitting yes. down, or was that somebody else? I, I don't yeah, even know. I'm fairly sure it was Shaw. Okay, because it was it was a little ominous, and I'm like, well, yeah, obviously Shaw's there. So why is it like covertly like hidden so you can't see who it is? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they saw somebody else in there. I was at f- first, I was like, yo, is that their dad? Like, is he in this jail too? Oh so God. yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's really interesting, actually, with your point about Tim, what this episode really starts doing right from the off start is sort of setting um, these fractures in Monarch as an organisation. And you kind of see different characters who have got different trajectories and different ways of responding to the Titan phenomenon um, mm-hmm. in different ways and with different approaches. So obviously you reference May having the two passports, but what's really interesting is when, um, was it Duval you said is the other Monarch agent's name? I believe um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she heads back to the room that Tim and Verdugo are sat in, um, they kind of don't really engage with anything until Duval references the fact that um, May's the most interesting one because clearly she's learned how to strip down a room and not leave a trace before and then Verdugo sort of perks up and is instantly interested so you can see that for Verdugo she's very much that kind of traditional federal agent who is thinking inside of the box looking for kind of the things that you would expect and then that's juxtaposed by Tim who is kind of presented as this whack pot in a way but actually he is you know, thinking more about Randa's work, thinking about the legacy of the organization and what it should be doing compared to what it is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm having a hard time reading like Verdugo and Duval. Mm. I'm like, you know, where do they lie right now? Because like, yeah, I feel feel like we got Tim figured out, but it's like I'm not really sure where their allegiances are. And we we get a lot of talk of it kind of throughout this episode. So, um, but. In the meantime, Tim transports uh, the crew out to Nome, Alaska, so they can mm-hmm. get on their airplane. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, they're just like, you don't usually see this. They're just going to let you go. Like, you're going to get your, your passports. We're going to give you plane tickets. You're good to go. Like, here's phones. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go home. Do whatever you got to do. Is that not your usual experience with federal agencies? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Usually, yeah, that doesn't happen that way. No, but for real, like, when you watch a movie, like, or TV show, like they just never let the people go. Like it, it doesn't, there's always something like they, there's collateral. There's like, they know us, they've seen our faces, yeah. like kind of deal. So, uh, you know, this agency is okay with that. Like, I don't even know what, yeah. if Monarch knows what they even are at this point. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but uh, they are resistant to trust him and, and, um, but he's he seems genuinely sorry for like he's like sorry for your loss, which you know cued me in that like oh like you know Randa is not anywhere like with them because he, yeah. he he wouldn't have said that otherwise. So he's somewhere else off in the wind. Um, but but Tim does kind of like snap at them real quick and like yeah. he's like Dude, I'm trying to help you and all this stuff and and nobody's taking my my help. And then he gets in the van. He's like did I do a good job? <laughs> yeah. Did I do okay? <laughs> 
It's interesting because so you can see that clearly Deville and Verdugo have got him wrapped around their fingers um, mm. and they're kind of managing what Tim's doing. I do, I found it interesting that obviously um, part of this initial story with May in this episode is having the two passports, like you say, and then also at the airport, and um, she confirms Duval's suspicions about having backed up a cloud copy of the files. And I mm, find it yeah. interesting that she did that without telling anyone. So that again is telling us that there's a lot more to this character than we're actually seeing, and clearly she has a reason to be interested in these files as well. Yeah. It's an interesting arc, I think. I'm not really sure where they're going yeah. with her character right now because it, at this moment in the airport, like, she just wants to go home. She just wants to get out yeah. of here. But then, like, you know, realizes her friends need her help. So, you know, I'm going to go with you guys. And um, and there could be some more clues in San Francisco. But it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm uh, you know, this next episode, episode six, I'm sure we'll get some more clarity, I, I would believe. But um, but they do end up going back to San Francisco to to go check on, you know, the other office because he's got offices all over the place. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we we get to find some more pencil shavings maybe later on. Um, but uh, <laughs> we do get to see a, a great scene here, which I loved. It was in Shaw's cell, um, and they were projecting yes. like old footage behind him, and they were like, "We didn't even know that this existed, this footage." So like that was cool. Um, but the the that one shot of him just. Yeah, he was like really taking it in and he loved seeing that footage. And then he turned yeah. around and his his son's face, why, you know, yes. like the, char the character is just him. But like they projected his son's face over his face. And I was like, dang, that is a great, great shot. Like, uh, you know, and yeah. I imagine I imagine like as a dad, like he's got to be so proud and happy to be doing this role. I don't know what their relationship is, but like I would just, I'd seemingly think like that's got to be really cool. Cause I know if, if I was like in a role like that with my son and like he played me at a different time, Oh man, that would be so emotional. And, yeah. and to see that projected on him right there, that was really cool. I think just the whole sequence with Shaw is really interesting as well because there's the this running theme that he's annoyed with what Monarch are doing um, mm. and I'll talk about that a little bit more later but in this point you kind of get this sense that he feels that they're not doing anything and there's this sense of inaction around like post G-Day on what the organization's been doing um, mm. and it, it's, it's really interesting because there's a point where he makes a line about them not getting anywhere um, which Verdugo seems frustrated about, which is in relation to Hiroshi. So it seems as if Monarch also know that he's alive. They just don't know where he is, which is quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I don't know which point, because there was a lot of different conversations yeah. um, between uh, Verdugo and Shaw in this episode. But like, yeah, I love his frustration. And there's a point later on where she's like, why now? And, and I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, so... But he's not going anywhere. He's staying put. Uh, he's not going to be no. released back into the wild. Um, but we, we cut do... to... What? You might be about to say it. Are you cutting to the room where they're watching the interview? I'm cutting to the room where Tim yeah. and Duvall are questioning Shaw, or just questioning about him. And they're like, how old is this guy? He's got to be yeah. 90 years old. <laughs> and And I thought that was like, great. I'm like, okay, we're not... We're not alone in thinking, like, what's happening here? Like, it, I haven't taken the time to do the math or anything, but I know we've been questioning, <laughs> like, how old is this guy? He's got to be old, right? Like, yeah. 
But they mentioned something about like I think it was like a classified mission gone wrong or something. Like yeah. So yes, now I'm I like, wrote, right, I you... wrote it down exactly. Um, okay. So they said that there were rumors of a mission gone bad. Okay. And then yeah, I think there was something about being classified too, right? So yes, that is is awesome to hear because we haven't had them really in the past two episodes. The last episode there was no reference to the past. And then this episode yeah. only had the the home video footage. So I I really hope we get more from them because I love that story as well. Like I really want to yeah. see uh, more of them. So hopefully we do. I, I Again, I forget how many episodes we have, but I, I hope we get more chances to see them and maybe see what the heck mission went wrong or, or bad yeah. or whatever. So and and so, uh, yeah, go ahead. I have a really interesting gut feel on this, which is obviously we know at this point my theory is that they're going to go to the hollow earth i wonder if Shaw was stranded in the hollow earth for a period of time hmm i could see that being like really really interesting because that might explain why he hasn't been present at monarch since then because he was stranded for a period of time while the organization was growing without him and you can kind of then understand why he would come back and be placed into this retirement facility which he has tried to escape before so clearly yeah. he's not there out of his own will but not um, in, in a few decades or whatever away. so <laughs> yeah yeah but that yeah that is an interesting theory i i yeah i i mean these they said it in was it last week or the week before or so they said that like you know the area surrounding these these titans kind of affects people differently so maybe yeah Maybe he just spent a lot of time, you know, around one, and that affected the thing. But if something went bad, like I don't, I don't know what happened there. Like, did they give him some Captain America serum at one point to try yeah. to so he could battle these these things? Like, what what happened? Wait, there? wait, 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 hold up. You mean that this is Monarch X John Walker, and we are literally yeah. seeing U.S. agent in Monarch? I think so. Yeah, that <laughs> that would be absolutely perfect. Um, so I don't know, like. It's it's gonna be interesting to see because when you say that that they got stuck in the Hollow Earth, like I don't know how that would be possible because they had to take some flying spaceship down into the Earth, um, and then Kong's like you know gripping his way all the way down or whatever. <laughs> uh, so I I need to see like a plausible way for that to happen, and that could be very yeah. easily explained if there's just some path that they just took for ages to get down, or if there's like a portal which is perfectly reasonable yeah. in my mind in this universe is just some portal that just transports them somewhere and time moves differently at the center like uh, they're very easily explained um but yeah i i think that is like hopefully a thread that they don't leave dangling for like season two or something like that you know like yeah i hope it's just like kind of picked up right now um but we cut to uh san francisco again and yeah. they are at the airport. And again, we're getting like a lot of visuals of, as far as like, what does the world think about um, what has happened? And there, I, I didn't exactly get it. I think I wrote it down right, but I'm not sure. It's something about like Strata Underground Homes. Is that what, yes. what the company was called? Yeah, so it was, yeah. And they were, they were selling private underground bunkers, which was really interesting because the video um, presentation for it on the screen is very similar to a current day um 
company that makes bunkers in abandoned missile silos for okay. the super rich. So yeah. there was quite a, a parallel there, which was really interesting. Um, yeah, we can got... I... Go ahead. I was going to say? say, so eventually we... I Well, actually, I assume you might want to talk about the character introduction first before I get onto the camera. Well, yeah. So even just in the airport, though, there's there's FEMA walking around. You yes. see them. You see Godzilla posters all over the place about, like, safety and, like, what to do and all that stuff. And then a friend comes out of nowhere, which I was like, where'd this guy come from? Like, how did he... How did he know what was going on? Like, how did he yeah. find, like, how did he see her? And it's, uh, it's James from work. He's a work friend. Yeah. A nice work friend, James. Very sus, but it's work friend James. So they, <laughs> they go, um, they go back to, He doesn't have work uh, friend James in their life, right? <laughs> I know. We all, we all have a work friend James. Um, <laughs> but while they're driving, James is driving them back to, um, like into San Francisco and, uh, and, and to Kate's mom's house, which I, I didn't know if this was like, was this Kate's like original house? Like did, is this where she lived with her mom or is this where her mom? I know actually, I know she said something about an apartment later on, but, um, like, is this where her mom lived or was she like displaced due to Godzilla? Cause like, I thought that was fantastic that we get like in this show, we get so much world building, it's yes. unbelievable. Like, yes, we get a lot of like telling. They, they do tell us a lot of world building, but they do show us, like we just talked about, with the the underground bunkers and all the missiles that are that could launch at any moment from these cities and the the advertisements on the walls, um, FEMA being all over the place. But we we do get to learn that like that they do like trauma tours of of yes San Francisco and and these areas that have been heavily affected. They do these like very covert tours and and i thought that was a really interesting piece of world building that like oh man there's some sickos out there that really want to yeah. feed on other people's you know bad luck and and trauma and grief and i thought that was really interesting well you see it it's interesting isn't it because it's paralleled in the real world like there's that island um in japan that's the abandoned city from a few hundred years ago that people go and visit all the time um and i think it's just a really interesting way and evocative actually way of really grounding it in this universe because you know fema portable structures and neighborhoods that are kind of growing in the shadow of wreckage are images that aren't new to people, you know, but particularly in the United States with Hurricane Katrina, that's the kind of thing that actually has been seen directly in the wake of that. So to then yeah. have something that feels so real and grounded and gives you that kind of sense of, okay, this is the real impact that this has, this incident has actually had on society is really, really cool. Um, and it, it makes it really feel as if these are monsters that leave something in their wake, you know, seeing um later in the episode again some of the skyscrapers and things that are ruined and just thinking mm, actually okay those are the skyscrapers that the navy seal team that came in to deal with the mutos were probably skyscraping between in the 2014 film it's just so cool to think about like it all it all has this great sense of continuity to it which is really awesome yeah 
Yeah. Uh, was there something you wanted to bring up before we uh, jump to that section? It, it was basically this, the, the okay. fact that I love this so much. And I made a note of saying that actually, so we get a reference to the red zone, which is the zone that they go into later, which is all cordoned off by the military. Mm-hmm. And what I found really cool with that is this parallels exactly Godzilla 2014 and the initial failed uh, radiation reactor that the two characters go into um, when mm. they return to their home. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, thought exactly. that was really cool because it shows that actually in the wake of this Godzilla sighting, the same thing has happened to the environment that's happened there, where obviously in that film we know that Monarch are putting an exclusion zone in place. There isn't actually any radiation, um, but they're putting that in place to protect their secret. And it yeah. almost feels like that again here, with this being put in place to hide secrets that are still lying within the ruined city, you know? I mean, the the thing that sort of struck me straight away was actually, is this office just somewhere that Hiroshi had an office, or were there potentially other monarch facilities in the city, other offices in that same building? You know, it's a an, an interesting concept to think about. Yeah, I always I go too deep into things, but I really love <laughs> world building, and this show is doing it so well. Yeah, I don't know how deep this portion goes, but like in my mind, it's just like, and they say it later on, these buildings are on the verge of collapse everywhere because the foundations of this city are destroyed and like literally nobody can go back there. I don't know that it's like we're keeping secrets, but I feel like it's just like, well, we literally can't go back there because this could be horrible at any oh, moment yeah for it's still a that cool parallel though i feel yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely big environments in the same condition yeah i i love that and i i to be honest like and we'll get into this section i guess um but they they pull up to like the reconstruction area they bypass the yes. military checkpoint with a bribe and there's that that shot when they get out of the truck of of like the golden yeah. Gate bridge and it's just yep. so ominous and so Horrifying. All the mist around it, the moonlight. Yeah. It's, and yeah. so I, Kentaro, maybe somebody else, I forget who said it, but like, how do the people believe this didn't happen? Like, how do they yeah. not treat this real? Um, and th- this entire scene, like this whole section with, with the destruction, the ominous mist, the dark, um, and the city, you know, you mentioned like how, how it looked. And it, like, I was just getting straight up vibes of like The Last of Us. And I was like, this yeah. is exactly what I want season two of the last of us to be like, cause that's, yeah. you know, which is set in Seattle. But like, I, I want to see like that, like that would be so cool. So uh, I just thought they did a fantastic job of bringing the city to life in, in a way like that. I, I think um, planet of the apes, one of those movies was also set in, in, in San Francisco and had like that yeah. same look. So um i'd like to go back and compare but uh but it just looked awesome i thought it looked really really cool yeah i think they did a really strong job in terms of actually taking the time to show that environment as well and not really rushing you through it so you get a sense for the full scale of destruction that's followed that film yeah we uh we kind of bypassed kate and her mom but back at the, the house they she you know her mom was like holding back emotions when she you know picked up on everything that was happening there and you could tell like she was holding back and there was something in there that like maybe she wasn't saying or or you know but or maybe she was just being polite you know but uh i thought that was a a nice little scene there to finally get to see her mom and then see um her reaction i thought that was yeah interesting 
Um, but we do go back to Shaw. They mentioned that he tried to escape a few times. Then we go back to San Francisco. At this point, this is like, oh, all right, now we're back in like full uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters mode where like we are flashing all over the place. Oh, um, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What do you got? When we go back to Shaw, there's, so I made a note of this um, because we get the Monarch theme play at one point, which is really cool. Oh, did it? And it's when he says the line, Monarch has been wrong for a long, long time. So that line, I think, is the whole foundation of this show, which is I think this is showing us that their approach up to the events of 2014 was wrong and that they don't understand what is really going on with the Titans. And this show is now opening that up to help us understand things like the Hollow Earth, but also the other animals that are present in the planet, so the Titans we see in King of the Monsters, to show us Monarch actually beginning to understand it. So I think that's kind of the explanation. Mm. And I also think that that perfectly explains why in Godzilla 2014 you have this really clandestine organisation that's pretty behind the scenes in the shadows. And then in Godzilla King of the Monsters you have this large-scale organisation with loads of assets, because between those two points in time, they've realized that their approach is wrong and they need to reevaluate it. And that's what this show is all about. Yeah. You know, I wrote down that quote, but I cannot seem to find it anywhere in my in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what happened to it, but maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe it disappeared. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I, I uh, This could be like a, a breaking point or a point where they're like, well, we need to reflect a little bit and see what's going on. Um, yeah. because they, because they then become like agents of shield and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, don't so we're back. Bus, they've got the USS Argo. <laughs> we're back in San Francisco again, and this is where they're like, you know, these buildings could collapse at any moment. And then we start to get, um, you know, flashbacks to like a few days. And I thought this was great because yes. it was G Day minus yeah. two. I'm like, wow, this timing is great. Minus two. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Godzilla minus one, and we're at G Day <laughs> minus two. Um, so, Kate. Uh, meets up with her girlfriend uh, I, I was assuming at that moment and they discuss like moving in together and i'm like okay and, yeah. and then i guess they're both teachers at the same school um so they that that was about it, it wasn't really a long scene you just see them meet up yeah um and then discuss moving in together and then we got uh the next the following day which was g day minus one <laughs> uh mm-hmm. and the kids which i thought this was interesting as well and and just it was making me very sad but like the, the kids are in their classroom just watching like the monster attacks on their phones. Yeah. Um, and it's just very reflective. I feel like of the world. Um, but like Kate is just like, yeah, we don't want to believe everything we see on the internet. And yeah. then like to see her, her kind of shock when another teacher comes in is like, we are keeping, you know, uh, keeping this monitored. Uh, yeah. let them know that. that, that, that these kids need to have a plan if, if their parents, you know, whatever is going on. And then she, she got very like scared in that moment. And she's like, Oh, this is real. Like, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so yeah. it was actually, I found that whole sequence really interesting because it paralleled for me a little bit, the sequence with, um madison in season one of fear the walking dead i don't know if you've seen season one of fear um have, but when yeah. they're in the school and there's like all the kids who think it's a hoax and then there's the one kid who's like no this is absolutely serious this tobias? is what's happening Was it yes tobias? <laughs> yeah 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 
Um, it just it made me think of that in the way it was presented as this whole okay there's this horrible event unfolding but actually even in that moment some people are going to think that it's a hoax in this case our character and therefore not take it seriously speaking of not taking it seriously we don't need to talk about madison clark anymore um (laughs) because that that was a whole a whole thing um just remember brad (laughs) she's one of the ones who lived <laughs> okay, well, um so back to San Francisco, uh current day, the mil- military are like patrolling the streets and um they spot something going on. The 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 group ends up hiding. Uh more flashbacks and we get yeah. uh 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 the kids like are going on the bus and Kate's going to take them on the bus, yeah. but the girlfriend is going to I guess stay in the the gym or something like that with some kids. So they're about to yeah. split up there. Um, and back to the current day, we get the military still searching and then they distract the military with the cats, which was nice. Um, and this was a fun sequence because this is where I felt like I was like in, in like uh, the last of us or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, they're just kind of going down alleyways and hiding and, you know, yeah. sitting against old, cars and some gentle throwing rocks and like are <laughs> playing in the background there was there was a lot of silly <laughs> songs singing and stuff like that Kentaro was oh, yeah. trying to cheer up kate with some silly songs and... that made me laugh so much that you're going through this highly classified <laughs> environment and then he started shouting <laughs> these songs at the top of his voice like this whole episode was him doing that him then getting mugged off later when they say something <laughs> um and he's like Oh well, you could be a cat man as well, and they're both a just cat like, man, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, even I was like, "What is he talking about right now?" Um, but yeah, he's singing way too loud. I was thinking that same thing, and and they just literally escaped some military, and now he's just like sp- screaming. Like you have to imagine how silent that city is with yeah. nothing happening, and then with one person just being like, "Yo!" and just like, I just you know, love the four of those soldiers around the corner, like. Wh- what yeah. the hell is that? Is, is that in tune? <laughs> well, the military does spot them, which was a great sequence. They did the the kids are just like I'll call them kids, but they're just walking out, and then like the military is just like standing there with their lights, and they're like, "Hey, get back here!" So they head down into a train station again. I'm th- I'm thinking the last of us. This is very much the last of us. Um, but they head down into some sort of station and. Uh, this is where like Kate is almost doing what uh, Kentaro did in the last episode by like blending realities a little bit and and not knowing where she is and um, I thought it was really cool. There, like she sees May up ahead and then the grounds like yeah. pfft, like kind of imploding and uh, but then it flashes to like sequences with Godzilla and stuff and I thought that was really yeah. cool how it was like she was having a hard time blending uh, the realities I and struggling with these it flashbacks. Really well. mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's. It's clear that she was suffering from PTSD or something similar. Um, yeah. And I think it's really interesting because they they handle that quite sensitively. And actually, the main traumatic event, I think, they don't ever give you an answer on because we don't know if her partner survived or not. Like Ultimately, we don't find out if she was killed on G-Day or not. And that's not something that's answered. It's implied. Um, so it's implicit that she did die, but you don't see that. And I think that kind of working around that worked really well because it helps it to feel a lot more grounded and actually you understand that there's an emotional level to this trauma that's causing it to have such a great impact on her character and when you say her partner died which one 
Are you Which, talking about? Oh, mate, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, it's the day after. She might be dead and you're in bed with someone else. No, this, yeah. No, that wasn't, that was, this was still day one. So I assume we flashed back again. Wait, to, what? <laughs> so, yeah, at, at one point we, it, it, it went back to day one. So, or minus yeah. one. Um, so we were at G-Day for a little bit and then we went back to minus one. So... What is it she... with these randers and slinging it round the place? I do not understand. I I know, dude. I'm like, man, this family. This is rough. Like, so so on on day two or minus two, the 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 partner gave her the key and said like, you know, let's move in. And then she she just I think spiraled right, and then she yeah had an affair or had a, a different partner. I I don't even know what the deal is, but um, but and then we see on that G day. Uh, again at some point i think there was like um yeah. you know like you didn't want this you didn't want to be happy kind of oh moment, what she you know? says is it, it's heartbreaking because she says we were good but good wasn't mm. good enough for you or something like that yeah and then i was just like oh like imagine that's the last thing she says to you before she dies yeah i yeah and i, I was thinking about that because well before we saw the second partner i was like um I was like, yeah, is she out there still? Is this person out there anywhere yeah. or not? Do we? Does it matter? Like, I, I have no idea. But now I'm like, oh, I don't know. It might not even matter at yeah. this point. It's just trauma, you know, building up. And I don't think it really even matters. But And Kate talking about how, like, she just always is letting people down. And, you know, she's following kind of in her father's footsteps. So I feel like in, yeah. the, last, in the last episode, there was a lot of, like, commentary about how Kentaro is, like, Am I my dad? Am I seeing myself in him? And and now the same thing is happening here with her, with Kate. And she's, you know, feeling that same thing. She's kind of following in his footsteps a little bit. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I'm just waiting for us to find out that Bill actually had 100 partners as well. And there's loads of other Randa kids out there too. <laughs> there could be. There could be. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kintaro found a way out. He, the Mr. Catman there uh, followed the cats uh, <laughs> through some tunnels, and they they found the uh, pointy tower thing that's in uh, San Francisco. So I think it's the same yeah. tower that Sonic the Hedgehog had a battle on with uh, Dr. Robotnik. Um, I've not seen that film. <laughs> you should, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and I was just I just was at that tower as well. I was playing Horizon Forbidden West, and I was standing right at that Mate, tower this as well. Was, this was built around you, right? You've just been mm -hmm. at that tower. Yeah. You said Godzilla minus two when you just see minus one. I think they literally <laughs> wrapped production on this episode the day you saw Godzilla. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, but they they head up to uh, her dad's place and uh, he's got the map and which I thought was hilarious. Like everything that came post this map ripping down like Kentaro's like I know where all the secrets are and just rips the map off the wall. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> we needed that. Like that was important information. You hear all of the pins drop on the floor, and then he's like, "Wait, where is the?" And then they have to recreate it basically anyway. Um, yeah. I'm sure all the information was probably already there, but that now they got to do, you know, which I thought was nice. It was like my my uh, art installation was about reflections and lights and yeah. all, whatever he said. Um, but and you, you had know, that they... moment when they was like, "I remember" as well, and you could see them like share a moment for a second, yeah. which was nice. 
Yeah, so they uh, put it up on the wall and they shine the light. I loved seeing that was a great shot of like the sun coming mm-hmm. up and and it was really nice. Um, but it projects the locations. He's fiddling with it for a little bit and finds that you know it's got San Francisco, Alaska, and Africa. But there's like so many. It felt like there was That's... other pinpoints. It looks like there were about seven. And but... I, but but they they only mentioned those three out loud. And they're like, San Francisco, Alaska, Africa. That's the path he took or whatever. So Africa, Africa. What do you what's your what are you what kind of details do you have on the Africa monarch facility? Anything? I'm so glad you've asked that because I've just brought the map <laughs> up to look. So there's Outpost 10, which is a tropical African outpost that contains Kamakuras. And there is Outpost 01. Outpost One Ooh. is an outpost located deep in the Congo rainforest, containing Megagyrus and her swarm of Meganula. Let me just—that was probably a horrific pronunciation, but I have to know right off the bat. Stop nodding. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, right. That—that that is quite interesting. I don't think it is the thing that we're seeing in this, the thing that we saw on the Lawton, but Mega Juris is a essentially super flying dragon. Hmm. Okay. That is the actual subtitle, super flying dragon. (laughs) I wonder, I wonder, it has been described as a dragon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have we already seen how this ends? Oh man, my yeah, it's possible. I, I I think we might have done. Um, more to the point, this is definitely a map of Hollow Earth portals or Hollow Earth entry points. Yeah, you think so? Look uh-huh. I I I'm convinced. Well, I don't <laughs> think it's any coincidence that we clearly see one in the Godzilla X Kong trailer in the water as well. Mm, um, yeah. So. Maybe that's I, a tropical location. That, yes. Yeah, so this this is where I say I think Monarch is wrong because I think that this whole time they've been ignoring what Rand has done to map this out. Um, maybe they've just got Skull Island and they think that that's the only portal to the Hollow Earth. And this is actually showing us that there's more everywhere else and it's explaining hmm. how these other creatures keep coming through. So I... I think what I'm really curious about is where on the timeline all of these monarch outposts exist and if all of them as we see them with the titans in them exist at this point in the timeline or if we might see something happen that leads some of the outposts we saw in the viral marketing to then exist. I think that could be quite interesting. So I I think this is really setting the tone for again actually what monarch thinks they understand about the titans and their origins is so different to what they actually are um and i tell you something else actually thinking about this that could be quite interesting i don't know and i'd have to go away and read up on the law but i don't (laughs) know when monarch found Ghidorah in the ice but if they've already found Ghidorah at this point wouldn't it be reasonable to think that maybe they were just assuming that all of the Titans were aliens up until this point, and perhaps this proves that wrong or something similar? Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I really like what you're you're spitting out there, dude. That was fire, man. I like it. 
this this good, is good why theories. you have me on this show, right? Screw you, here, Agent T. Tom Jurassic is way better. <laughs> I'm just here to nod, man. That's it. I, I, I like what you're throwing down. Um, but the, they do end up making it back in time once once daylight arrives. And uh, um, her mom mentions that, like, you know, she kind of had a feeling about this, but she didn't really want to yeah. know the truth. She didn't want to see it with her own eyes. So that's why, like, she sent her out there. And, um and and she kind of liked having like a part-time husband but that also meant like yeah. a part-time a part-time father which she you know wasn't into it um Kentaro goes and calls his mom may i'm like oh she's going to go call lyra or or whoever i'm like oh wait no she got handed that phone number mm-hmm. for duval and this was where where i was like okay this is interesting like she doesn't like strike a deal per se but she just like says i want to go home yeah, what do I need to do? So what do I need um, to do? Yeah, so obviously there's going to be some trading of information here. Mm-hmm. But I, I found it interesting that, like, you know, she decided not to go home earlier, yeah. help her friends, but now she's struggling again and she just wants to go home. What do you need? Like, I, I think it's deeper than that, actually. And I think that whoever she's working for, because I think – I. I think it's clear that May is working for someone else. I know I've said in the past I think it will be Apex, but I don't know if it will. I think, and again I'd have to double check this, but I'm fairly sure that in King of the Monsters, Charles Dance's character isn't working for Apex, but it's like an eco-terrorism organisation. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's been sucked in by what they're doing, because Duvall says about helping her to get out of a situation when she's first talking to her. So it's almost as if Duvall can tell that May has mixed with the wrong people. They clearly have influence over her and perhaps Monarch are able to get her out of that situation. Um, So that's kind of the direction I think we're heading in is Monarch are going to help to get her out of whatever situation she has gotten herself into and one of the reveals that we'll see is whoever this other organization or this other entity is who she's been working with what if it was and because i thought it was interesting that you know in that airport sequence there was that mention of strata or whatever the company's name was the underground home company like i feel like that was too specific that was a little too specific for a shout out like that. Like they didn't have to, they didn't have to give this company a name, you know, but it had like a name, a logo. It, it looked legit. So it felt like an introduction to me, like, you know, like Biosyn, you know, we've got Biosyn, a great company doing good things to help people and to help these dinosaurs. Uh, this is obviously a Jurassic discussion. Uh, if you're not familiar, but like, <laughs> but like I, I was comparing it to that. Like you've got this company that's doing good things, publicly facing, but behind the scenes, you know, maybe that could be this company as well. I couldn't find anything uh, it's, about it's it. It's possible. But what I would say on that is that um, Apex already plays that role to some extent in Godzilla versus Kong because they're mm. presented as this good power company. And behind the scenes, we know that they're building Mecha Godzilla. With Charles Dance, so his character's Alan Jonah, I know that one of the things that people felt was very weird was that King of the Monsters happened and then Jonah then never came back. So I think this is a good opportunity for them to maybe flesh out some more of that character's motivations. Because 
I mean, think about it. We know that this character has been working with Emma Russell in King of the Monsters, right? And he knows about the monarch facilities because he goes and gets her from the facility that has Mothra. But actually, what if he first learns about the organization from these files? I like it, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're sat here like, what's he doing? What's going on? (laughs) I'm like, I I can see... I, if you turn your camera, there is like a whiteboard there. Do you have yeah. like, are there pinpoints all over that? Is that no, what's happening? Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, like yeah. you, I love it. I love it, dude. Keep going down your, your rabbit holes. This is, this is great. Um, if it's not obvious, I've been writing a book recently. So I'm quite used <laughs> to trying to connect lots of different things. I love it. I love, I love hearing it, but, uh, but that's the end of the episode five. So uh that's exciting another great episode yes no real monster attacks per se but like it was still pretty great i think i love the human aspects do you want me to give you the title and synopsis for episode six yeah let's do it man episode six episode six is terrifying miracles and it says shaw finds an unlikely ally within monarch as the team has a harrowing run-in keiko and lee grow closer while at a military ball Okay, so wait, what was the title again? So Keiko, I think Keiko and Lee are getting it on. Um, and it's Terrifying Miracles. So I reckon this will explain that, why Shaw hasn't aged. That that exactly is yeah. what I was going with, because that sounds like, you know, a, a mission gone bad. It was a little terrifying, but it was also a miracle because of what it did to him. So, yeah, uh, great. Good job. Good job looking up those episode titles. <laughs> did we, what was this one's yeah. called? What was it? This was the uh, way out. The way out. So the double meaning, the double meaning um, that I referenced at the start is the way out because it's Kentaro finding the way out of the tunnel network. Yeah. But it's, yeah, Catman. But it's also May finding the way out of the predicament she's got herself into. Yeah. Uh, I I rest my case. Um, Any film outlets that need writers or people to analyze films, please do slide into my DMs on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well uh, or don't because you don't want wild theories that end up being completely unsubstantiated you know it's entirely up to you what what is that uh outlet that they can find you at what what are your uh handles where can everybody find you online so people can find me at tom underscore jurassic on twitter and instagram or x not twitter x it's Twitter, man. It's just gonna be Twitter. <laughs> I I am not on Twitter anymore, really. I every now and then I'll post on the podcast feed, but um, mostly just like status updates, nothing really. Yeah. Um. So we are on Threads, though. You can find us on Threads, uh, TikTok, Instagram, here on YouTube, obviously Facebook. Um. Uh, yeah, I usually put these things up. Uh. There we go. Social card. There it is. There's our places. Boom. Um. There you got it. We we have fun on those places. I, I'm on threads, I you know, love mostly. Selfie. Hey man, it's me in this <laughs> spot right here. Um, <laughs> and you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, um, or whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts and uh, Audible and Amazon Music, anywhere you find podcasts. Our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. Um, and I can be found, uh, also on threads personally, and then, uh, letterboxed where you'll see reviews for such films as Godzilla minus one. Um, (laughs) and what else am I doing? Uh, I, uh, 
Uh, well, oh yeah, I just had a podcast uh, come out the other day. What was it about? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It was uh, Grim Grinning Hosts, and we talked about. Wow, literally cannot remember for the life of me what what our episode was about. So who cares? I think you had but quite go... a chaotic. Oh, oh yeah, recently yeah. as well. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, but no, I uh, on Grim Grinning Hosts we talked about um, the we finally wrapped up our thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights, which was obviously at the end of October <laughs> there. But um, nice. finally gave our thoughts, and in the HHN community, nobody cares. Like they'll they'll listen whenever. <laughs> Because they, they just want to get that HHN goodness. So if you want to find out more what we thought, uh, go listen to that. Um, I was on the Forcecast recently. Hopefully should be on that again sometime soon. And then uh, Tom and I did a conversation <laughs> which just went some places. Uh, it was for the Jurassic Park podcast, and we talked about Chaos Theory, uh, the upcoming uh, animated TV show on Netflix for the Jurassic World franchise, a continuation of Camp Cretaceous. We were talking about it. It was directly recorded after our last uh, Monarch episode, and uh, I thought it was going to be great. I'm like, you know what? I got some notes. We're going to have a great time. And then the video popped off. It didn't work right. Uh, there was all kinds of issues, technically and mentally. There was a lot going on there. I had a hard time focusing on what was going on because because of all a the video game in the middle uh, of the podcast and that was my least distracted moment man you you pointed that out and i'm like dude i'm good i'm i'm actually doing good right now um so there was a lot going on but uh definitely go check out that uh conversation on the podcast feed it's out there right now and then uh, the next episode of the podcast which actually doesn't really usually air on youtube here um well <laughs> Not this one, though. Uh, this one did air last night, actually. So you're going to get an early look at the next episode if you watch the uh, live stream from, from uh, I don't know, Thursday night, um, where we discuss the upcoming Jurassic Park video game, Jurassic Park Survival, which is, like, mind-blowing. So uh, we talked so all about good. that. That'll be aired in the next episode as well on the podcast feed, so check that out, I think. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Tom. Anything else to plug or yeah, promote? no worries. Just loving this show can't wait for more of it wow man i appreciate you joining me as always here we'll be back again for episode six whatever that one was called again i completely forget uh maybe terrifying I'll miracles Ooh. all right everybody thank you so much for watching we'll see you next time bye